Hey, this is Kylie, and you're listening to episode three of the Birth Worker Podcast. And today we are going to talk about the number one hesitation that I hear from aspiring doulas. And that is, how can I make birth work fit my lifestyle if I have my own babies at home? The amount of times that I have heard, I'd love to be a doula, but I can't because I breastfeed my baby, or I co-sleep with my baby, or I have a baby, or I'm pregnant, or whatever. I've heard it all, and I've heard it a million times, but I'm here to tell you that there are plenty of ways to be a doula without needing to be on call 24-7. There are plenty of ways to still support birth when you have your own babies at home, if that's something that you want to do. If you want to make birth work happen for you, then this is the episode for you because we are going to dive into not one, not two, not three, but seven ways that you can make birth work fit your lifestyle when you have your own kids to take care of. So if you have been thinking about becoming a doula, or maybe you're already a doula and you're wondering how are you going to make this work when you get pregnant, then this episode is for you. And by the way, thanks for being here today. Thank you. If you've already subscribed to the show, thank you so much. And if you are here for the first time, thank you for being here. Welcome. Make sure you subscribe to the show because today, like in every episode, I'm bringing you practical tips to help you turn your passion for birth into your full-time career. If this episode inspires you to try new things in your doula business, I want you to know that we turn all of our episodes, our podcast episodes into full on blog posts. So if you want to come back later this week and take some notes or maybe figure out a way to start implementing one of these seven ways that I'm going to talk about, seven ways to be a doula when you have your own kids at home, then totally come back and check out that blog later. Since this is episode three of the Birth Worker podcast, you're going to find that blog post at birthworker.com slash three, the number three, birthworker.com slash three. All right, let's get into the seven ways to build a doula practice when you have your own babies at home and then hang around to the end because at the end, I will tell you which of these that I implemented to help me grow my doula business to multi six figures with a breastfeeding and co-sleeping toddler. Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, now let's get into it. If there's any part of you that is worried about being a doula or attending births or being on call when you have your own small children at home, I am telling you that It is possible for you to do it. If you want to do it, if you want to be on call and attend births, you totally can if you want to. You don't have to, but if you want to, you can. You just need to have a plan. And so what we're going to do here is I'm going to walk you through a whole bunch of ways, seven different ways that this could look for you, your family, and your doula business. But before we jump into it, you have to know that there are also plenty of ways to work in the birth community and to be a birth worker and to be a doula and to not be on call 24-7, all right? 
But if being on call and supporting births in person is something that you really want to do, but maybe you have a baby at home or toddlers at home, breastfeeding kids at home, co-sleeping kids at home, whatever it is, maybe they're attached to you all the time, it can feel a little bit scary to leave them at home and then go attend births. I totally get it. I have been there. I am still a little bit there now that my daughter's two years old. I'm still a little bit there. She still co-sleeps. She still breastfeeds throughout the night. So if I'm gone at night, it's still a little bit hard. And I don't know if you know this about me, but maybe if you've been following me on Instagram since the beginning, then maybe you know, but I actually became a birth doula before I had my daughter. So I've lived all of this. I've lived through all of it. I was pregnant. I gave birth. I had a newborn as a doula. I get it. I've lived it. So let me give you some tips from somebody who has been through it. Let's actually hash it out. Like, what could this look like? So we're going to go through seven different ways that you could actually make being on call work for your family. Now, the very first one is taking your baby to births with you. Whoa, right? Oh my gosh, what are you even talking about, Kylie? But yeah, totally. It is 100% possible to take your babies with you, baby or babies with you to a birth. Doulas take their babies to prenatal appointments and births all the freaking time across the entire world. Now, I do have to be honest that I have never taken my daughter to a birth with me, but she has totally come to prenatal appointments with me and postpartum appointments with me. It is a 100% case-by-case basis, but especially if the family that I'm supporting has other children, I feel totally comfortable bringing my daughter to those appointments. So if you've been wondering if that's a thing, if doulas can take their babies to appointments and to births, yes, yes it is. You can totally do that. Now, the second way to make birth work work for you if you have a baby is by having a doula business partner. And we're gonna dive into this one actually for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes because this is kind of a really big topic. So let's talk about it. So having a doula business partner. The way that I typically see this done is in 12-hour shifts. So you would find someone to be your business partner and you would be on call, let's say from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., And then she would be on call from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. So you guys would trade off in 12-hour shifts. This would be really helpful maybe if your husband or your partner works during the day. And so maybe you can only attend births at night when your partner's home with the kids. Or maybe you're more like me where you have breastfeeding, co-sleeping babies that want you home at night. So maybe you need to be home at night and you would rather find a babysitter during the day and go to births during the day. Perfect, whatever works. Either way, you can take the shift, the 12 hour shift that makes the most sense for you and your family. Again, maybe it's easier easier for you to attend births during the day because it's easier for you to find a babysitter during the day. Awesome, you take the day shift and then find someone who wants that night shift because they're out there. There are doulas out there who only want to be on call certain times of the day. Really what it comes down to is that if you think this is a path that you want to go down, grab a piece of paper and just start brainstorming. See all of the ways that it could potentially work for you and your family based on your schedules, your schedule, your partner's schedule, your kid's schedule, your newborn schedule, all of it. 
And I can't wait to dive into the financial part of this too, because I think we should talk about the finances because when you're working with a business partner, there are a lot of things that you need to know, and you're going to have to find a way to play around with the logistics of the financial part too. So when you're picking a doula business partner, you first have to know that you have to come up with something that feels good to both of you. So I'm talking like, how do you actually split the money? What are the prices of the services? Who's getting paid for what? Like if I'm on call from seven to seven at night and you're on call from seven to seven during the day, like how do we actually split split the money? Who goes to the prenatals? How does that work? Do we both go to the prenatals? Does one of us go? How's that work? So those are really good questions to sit down and consider and start brainstorming, like start a brainstorming session with a piece of paper and a pen and just go to town. So how do you want to split the money depending on who actually goes to the birth? And by the way, all of these questions that I'm presenting you with now, they're all going to be written in the blog post for this episode. So if you're driving, I always listen to podcasts when I'm driving, only when I'm driving, or maybe you're on a run and you're listening in your earbuds, whatever it is, come back later and go check out the blog post. So since this is episode three, the blog post for this episode is birthworker.com slash three, the number three. Again, you're going to be able to find all these questions there. So come back and then brainstorm these. Okay. So you also need to figure out who's going to attend the prenatals, right? If you're on call at night and you're only on call at night, how are you going to go to the prenatals? Like, are you going to have childcare during the day? Are you still going to go to the prenatals? Is only your business partner? What's that going to look like? It could be one of you. That's totally fine. Like it could just be your business partner that goes to the prenatals. That's totally fine. What matters is that it works for you guys, both you and your partner. Ask yourself, is there going to be like a lead doula, quote unquote, lead doula for each client. So is each client going to have one person that they're touching base with most of the time? Or is it going to be like a group chat session? So anytime a client has a question, is she going to text both of you, one of you? How's that going to work? But then you also need to figure out like, who's going to own the business? (laughs) Who's going to own the business? Is the entire business going to be owned by both of you? Like, are you going to share the business 50-50? And if you are going to share the business 50-50, who's going to be posting on social media? Who's going to pay for the startup costs? Because it costs money to start a business, like quite a bit of money to start a business. Like who's paying for the website, right? But then also who's writing the emails? Who's finding the clients? Who's doing the networking? Who's doing all of this stuff? It's really important to nail these kinds of questions down during that brainstorming session. Also, like, what kind of boundaries are you going to set with each other, right? And then honestly, one of the most important questions is, how are you going to end end it when it's time to end it? Like, if one of you wants to get out of the partnership and out of the business, what's that going to look like? You need to think of all of these things before even getting started. I would 100% never enter a business partnership without asking myself these questions. And then also I would totally pay a lawyer to write up the contract between the two of you, because you need to know going into it that nearly 
every single business partnership doesn't last. And that's not to say it's a bad thing. That's not to tell you to not have a business partnership. You just really have to be honest with yourself and know that like most business partnerships don't last forever. And that's not saying it's going to end in a horrible dumpster fire and you're not going to be friends and there's going to be this huge fallout because that doesn't have to be the case, but it's probably not going to last forever. So before you even start the business, start thinking about the end. It's just going to make it a lot easier for you to end on a high note if you've already considered what that's actually going to look like when you end it and have all of that written up with a lawyer and actually nailed down those contracts. Now, you can also split hours with someone but not own the business together. And that's actually what I would do. If it were me, I would 100% have my own business, but then I would hire out a contractor almost. So I would still split hours with someone, but I want to own my own business. And we're going to get into like why I would want to do that. And it's not necessarily something I recommend because you got to figure out what's going to work for you. But this is just how I would do it. So I would have my own business. I would choose my own prices. I would have my own social media accounts. I would find my own clients. I would do my own website, all of it. I would write my own emails, everything. Like it would be 100% my own business. But I would hire on a contractor on a per client basis. And this is a little bit different than having a backup doula. It's actually really different than having a backup doula because this person, this contractor is going to be on call for every birth, every single birth during the hours that you've agreed on. So it's not like a backup doula because a backup doula is where they're only going to be needed in those rare circumstances. No, this is more of a, a real contractor position where they're on call for every single birth that you're on call for. They're the one who's going to show up between 7 p.m. and 7 a.m., right? Or whatever schedule you've agreed on. So if you're on call during the day, they're going to be on call overnight for every single birth. It's not like a backup doula. Again, backup doulas are more for like those rare occasions that you can't be there. Whereas this person is really in that contractor role. I would hire someone for that contractor role on a per client basis. Now, in terms of paying them, what I would do is I would probably set it up to where I pay them an hourly fee for whatever they actually end up doing. Plus, on top of that, a flat fee for simply being on call for me because people should be compensated for being on call. Even if they don't even end up going to the birth, they really need to be compensated for being on call you would want to be compensated for being on call, right? Because you can't be intoxicated. You have to stay in the area. You can't go on vacation. There are things that you need to do and compromise in your life when you're on call. So you should be compensated for that. So let's go back to it. I would pay them an hourly fee plus a flat rate for simply being on call. So let's just say like they would get an hourly rate of $50 per hour, And that would be the hourly rate to come to a prenatal with me to go to a postpartum visit. They would get an hourly rate of $50 per hour for all of the time they spent at the birth. So if they actually go to the birth, they would get that hourly rate. 
But for the births, there would be a maximum cutoff. There would be a maximum cutoff because you can't pay someone $50 per hour if they're at a birth for 72 hours because that goes way above and beyond the price of the contract, the full price of the contract that you have been paid. So $50 per hour at an hourly rate is kind of a ballpark. That could be anywhere from 20 bucks per hour to 100 bucks per hour, whatever you come up with but there would be that maximum cutoff. And then we talked a little bit about also having that minimum flat fee that they're gonna get simply for just being on call. So again, even if they don't support the birth, they're gonna get, let's say like $200 simply just for being on call. So every client you get, you're gonna give them $200 just to have them there to be on call. And if they get up, if they end up getting called or if they go to a prenatal appointment with me or if they go to a postpartum visit, all of that stuff where they're actually going to be there, that's the hourly rate, $50 per hour or $100 per hour, whatever you want that to look like. And then what would be really cool is if you could actually find someone who wanted to do that exact same contract with you, like on their side. So they also have their own business and they're paying you that flat fee to be on call for them. So you're really on call for your the births that you have clients for and the births that they have clients for. And you kind of have this awesome partnership. So essentially, again, they would pay you to be on call they would pay you that same hourly fee if you go support the births. That would be like the optimal situation, in my opinion. They would do their own marketing. They would have their own website. They would find their own clients. They would create their own contracts. And then you could be your own business owner too. And the reason that I would do it that way, rather than finding like a business partner to go like half and half with, like and own the business together, is because I love the business side. Like, surprise. (laughs) You guys know I'm obsessed with birth and I'm so obsessed with business. So I love the business side. And I already have the clients at this point, right? I already have an online presence at, at this point. And I love the business side. So really like selfishly, just to be raw and honest with you, I wouldn't wanna give away half of my business right now. I don't want anyone else writing my website copy. I don't want anyone else writing my Instagram posts. I love doing the business stuff. So that's why I won't split my business now. But I know a lot of you are just getting started or you don't have this this big business already built. And so let's talk let's go back to when I was first starting. Even when I was first starting, I knew that it would be hard to find someone who was willing to put in the hours that I was willing to put in. And I'm definitely not saying that the reason I got to where I am is simply because I worked a lot or simply because I worked hard, because that is just not true. There was a lot of privilege involved. There was a lot of luck involved. But the truth is that there are a lot of nights that I stay up till 3 a.m. behind the scenes doing things for my business. Like right now, it's 11.21 p.m. and I am recording a podcast, but I love it. I would not change it for the world. This is what I love to do. I love birth. I love business, but I cannot guarantee that someone else would love it as much as I do. I think it would be hard to find someone who loves it as much as I do and who's willing to put in as much time as I'm willing to put in. So again, it's a completely selfish business decision for me, but I am here to be real with you and raw and honest. 
Maybe you want to make different decisions for your business and that's okay too. Maybe you don't want to hire a contractor. Maybe you do want to split the entire business and that's okay too. So let's talk about that actually for a second again. Let's talk about the logistics behind splitting the entire business. What would that look like? So I gave you a ton of questions to ask yourself earlier, but now I want to dive into ways that you could actually do this. So if you do want to split the entire business, I bet one of the biggest questions you're wondering about is like, okay, how do I sort out the financials? Because if, if one person is on call most of the time, or one person goes to most of the births, I guess, it's not really fair to just split the money down the middle. You'd probably be splitting the hours, you know, you have 12 hours, she has 12 hours. Sure, but a lot of babies come at nighttime, right? So maybe the person who's on call at night actually ends up attending a lot more births than the other person. It really would not be fair uh, financially, energetically to just split the money down the middle. So one way that you could actually work that out, the financial part is that you could split the profit into thirds. And I really, really love this way. So if you're able to grab a pen and paper, grab one and write this down if you're interested in this, but you would split the profit into thirds. So you have three chunks of profit. So you get paid for the package for the birth and the postpartum and the prenatals and all that. You guys get paid for the package. You pay all your business expenses. And then there's this money left. There's this profit. And let's just say it's a thousand dollars profit. I would say that right off the top, you each get one third. You get 333, she gets 333. And then that last third, so that last $333, that is what is split based on who actually goes to the birth. So if your partner attended the entire birth and you did not attend the birth at all, then they would get that extra $333. Or if you attend the birth and they did not at all, you would get that extra one third, which we're just saying is $333. And let's say you each supported six hours for a birth. Awesome. You would just split that extra $333 right down the middle. If you supported two hours and she supported 10 hours, cool. You would just do some simple math to divvy up that last third, just to make it fair based on the hours that were actually attended. The thing is, and the thing that's important here is that you both deserve some money. So even if you're the one who goes to the entire birth, she still deserves some money. She's still working on the social media. She's still helping find clients. She's doing the backend stuff with you. She's doing the website with you. She's potentially going to prenatals with you, right? So she deserves some of that money from the entire package too. So splitting it into thirds is a great way to do that if you have a business partnership where you're sharing the business 50-50, right? Now, what it really comes down to is that there's no perfect answer. There's no one right way to do it. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot of work. There's important questions to ask yourself. And then you also have to know that finding a doula business partner or finding a contractor to work with It's just one way to make your life easier being a doula if you have kids at home and it's hard for you to attend birth or be on call all the time. So it's just another way. Let's start talking about that third way. So something else that you can do if you want to attend births, but it's hard for you because you have kids and being on call is stressful. 
you can actually connect with other doulas in your area who also have kids. And what you can do is you can simply set up like this trading system and you can trade off the kids when someone is attending a birth. So form a friendship with another doula or another couple doulas in your area. And maybe you put together like this kind of like co-op with three, four, two other doulas in your area, and you put together this childcare share. So when you're headed to a birth, you drop off your baby at her house. And then next week when she's headed off to a birth, she drops off her baby at your house so you can help her out. And a really fun way that I love to do this and I like doing this just to make sure that no one ends up like resenting the other person is to actually do some sort of gifting back and forth with money. So maybe she's watching your kids because you're at a birth. Can you gift her $100 for watching your babies? And then when she goes to a birth next week and you watch her babies, maybe she'll give you that $100 right back. So essentially you're just trading the $100 back and forth and back and forth. And that way, No one resents each other in the end. No one's like, oh, but like you owe me because I watched your kids twice in a row and you didn't have any births this month, so you owe me. No, that that doesn't exist if you're doing this financial compensation of just the $100 for each birth. I love that. You're just trading that 100 bucks back and forth. Now, this kind of scenario would work really well if you and the other person or the other people are attending like about the same amount of births every month. And that way you're not watching someone else's kid 10 days a month. And then she's not watching your kid at all because maybe you didn't have any clients this month, right? Again, you don't want to create any resentment there. All right, moving on to number four, another way that you can attend births if you have kids of your own is that you could put together a community of babysitters. Now, when I originally started, this is what I did. I put together a community of babysitters. So I picked a whole bunch of babysitters that had like random availability because I needed to make sure someone could come at nights and someone could come during the days and someone could stay for long periods and someone lived close and and all of it. So I picked a whole bunch of like random babysitters. They weren't random in the sense that like I didn't know who they were, but they were random in the sense that they had random availability. And again, I made sure that they could all stay for like long periods of time and they could come last minute and things like that. A lot of them were college age kids. We have a college nearby. And so they were like, honestly, like just up for anything. (laughs) They loved kids. They wanted to make money. They were up for anything. So if you can find a group of babysitters like that, and then when you're called to a birth, you send out a group text to those like three to five babysitters And then whoever's the first one that's available is the one that ends up coming to watch your kids, coming to your house to watch your kids. So out of those three to five girls, three to five babysitters, there's going to be a really good chance that one of them is available right now to leave their house, to come to your house and watch your baby. Now, I am going to assume that at least half of your calls to birth are going to be during the nighttime probably more than half, depending on the type of community you you serve. But if you're serving people who are not getting induced and who are striving for an unmedicated birth or um, a natural birth, probably more than half are going to be giving birth at nighttime. So in this case, what you would do is you would just send a text to the group of babysitters, like when you're leaving for the birth, 
Your partner is going to be home at night in most cases with the kids if you have a partner. So then the sitter would actually come to your house in the morning, like as your partner's leaving for work. So they wouldn't necessarily need to come in the middle of the night in most cases. I think most of us, if we have children, we have somebody in the house also. So that is a great way to do it. Okay, we have a couple more. And so this next one, I think it's a great idea, but it's not always possible, but it is a great idea. And that is to have a neighbor that you know and who you trust that you can use for last minute situations where maybe if a client calls you and you have to run, you have to leave like now, it would be really cool if you had a neighbor that you could use in cases like that. So honestly, like no matter the situation, connecting with a neighbor is always a really good idea for so many reasons. So if you get called to a birth, like maybe your baby can go hang out with the neighbor for 30 minutes while your partner is driving home from work. Let's say like your partner has a pretty flexible job. And so you could just give them a call like, hey, I'm headed to a birth. The baby's next door. And then your partner is going to leave work right then. They're going to be home in 30 minutes. They're going to come grab the baby. Maybe there's even a neighbor next door who has kids who has kids that are your kid's age. Maybe they'd be up up for like a last minute play date until your partner can break away from work. Now, that's a really, really great way to do it because a lot of people understand, like especially if this is something that you've talked about ahead of time, a lot of people understand. And a lot of people, you could just be like, hey friend, hey neighbor down the street, are your kids up for like a last minute play date real quick? Can I drop off my daughter? My partner is coming home from work. He'll be here in an hour to pick her up and take her home. A lot of people would be totally fine with that. And a lot of people wouldn't even ask for financial compensation for something like that. All right, we are getting into the sixth way to still be a birth worker when you have babies at home. And this one is a little bit different because this one is that you can actually work in birth adjacent spaces until childcare is easier to find. So maybe you could do placenta work. Maybe you could do postpartum support because postpartum support is typically like predetermined hours, like set defined hours. Maybe you could create online services like online birth classes. Maybe you could lead mother's circles. All of these things are fantastic ideas. I teach about all of them inside Birth Worker Academy. But what you could do is you could really put your head down and focus on these things until you're more comfortable looking for childcare or more comfortable leaving your children with someone else in the first place. And that brings us to number seven. And number seven is the one that I ended up doing because I am really stubborn. If you know me in real life, you know that I'm very stubborn and I'm sure you can guess just based on my personality. But number seven, what you can do is you can decide that you are going to do everything you can to make enough money to retire your partner. You can retire your partner. So he's home to watch the baby all the time. So whenever you get called to a birth, you don't even have to worry about childcare because your partner is home. That is something that you can consciously decide and you can hit the ground running and have that be your number one goal. And that's what I did. That's what I decided. So very early on after having my daughter, I was like, okay, Kylie, 
If I want to actually attend births now that I have a kid of my own, I need to find a way to make enough money so her dad could quit his job and stay home because I don't have family here. I'm like a homebody. Like I don't even really have like friends around here. I mean, I have some, I do have some good friends, but it wasn't like that at first. It wasn't like that when I was pregnant and I first had my daughter. So what I did is I essentially started growing the online portion of my business And once I decided, okay, like this is what I'm going to do. I need to make enough money to, so he can retire and he can stay home. If I want to attend births, he has to retire so he can stay home. It wasn't that long after I decided that and, and that I hit the ground running to actually make it happen. So it only took about one year until I replaced his income and my income from my previous job. So if it's something that you want to do, It's possible. And again, when it comes down to it, there is no right way. There is no right way to be a doula when you have your own babies. There are so many ways to make birth work work for you, to make birth work fit your lifestyle, whatever you want that to look like. You just have to pick the one or a couple different ones that are going to work best for you. And then even more importantly, and listen to this, If you're not paying attention, come back, listen to this. Even more importantly, you have to be ready to pivot because if running a business has taught me anything and trust me, it's taught me a lot of things, but the most impactful thing that it has taught me is that everything changes, everything grows, everything morphs into something else. And not only is that okay, But that's what allows me to be flexible enough to serve my clients in a way that feels good to them, but also to serve my clients in a way that feels good to me, to make a business authentically, to build a business that serves me in the present moment. So when I started in birth work, I was attending maximum four births per month. And then I went to three births per month. And now I'm at two births per month. But there was also a time where I was like, okay, I'm going to teach a lot of birth classes this month. And then I didn't teach any birth classes. And then I took an entire month off of everything. And then I supported four births again. And now I'm back to two births per month. So I've gone through so many cycles in my business, but I've built my business to be able to sustain those cycles. I've built my business to be able to sustain the ups and downs and the flow. So whatever you do, Make sure that you're not so attached to the logistical side of how you're running your business because that won't allow you to be fluid. Whatever you do, really hold on to that fluidity because that's what's going to make birth work more fun for you. That's what's going to allow you to listen to your clients, to do what your clients want, to really listen to what your clients want from you. So if your clients want more education, if you're flexible, It's going to be really easy to say like, Hey, my clients are asking for this. Let me offer it, right? Let me change it up. Let me offer them what they want. If your clients want more community, if you're flexible, it's going to allow you to say, Hey, let's create a mother's circle every month. Let's do a mother's circle every month at my house. Let me change it up and let me offer them what they want. And I know I went down a little bit of a tangent there, but I really want to make it clear that you don't have to wait until your kids are grown to become a doula. 
You don't have to wait until your kids are grown to become a birth worker in any capacity. Even if you don't want to be on call during this season of life, you can still start and build a sustainable income around birth work. Not necessarily around attending births if you don't want to, but around birth work as a whole. And honestly, while your kids are young, what a great time to really lay that foundation for your business while your kids are home, while your kids are little, so that by the time they go to preschool or by the time they're a little bit older, you can say, okay, now that my kids are in daycare, now that my kids aren't breastfeeding anymore, now that they're in kindergarten, I'm ready to attend as many births as I can. But use the time when your kids are younger to really lay down that foundation. So by the time that you're ready to attend births, clients are ready to hire you. Now, as you were listening to all seven of these tips, if there was any part of you that thought, you know what? I don't want to be on call full-time while my kids are little then find a doula business partner, connect with other doulas in your area, create that community of babysitters, right? But then if you're like, hmm, you know what? I actually don't want to be on call at all. I don't want to be on call until my kid is five, six, seven. Hey, that is awesome too. Trust me when I say, don't think that you need to just put everything off until you're ready to attend births. You can work in birth adjacent spaces. You can do the placenta encapsulation. You can do the online education, teach the workshops in your community, teach workshops online, create an online birth course, whatever it is, just know that you can make birth work work for your lifestyle, even if you have a breastfeeding newborn at home. Now, I'm sure there are going to be a ton of questions about how I built my doula business with a newborn. And honestly, like I said, I'm the perfect person to ask because I literally built all of this with a co-sleeping and breastfeeding baby. So if you have any questions, please come into my DMs over on Instagram, either at the autonomy mommy or at birth worker podcast. Both of those are in the show notes. If you want to just click from the show notes because I would love to tell you more about what I did and I would love to help you do it too. Because so many women don't follow their passion for birth and don't even branch into birth work because they think they can't do it while they have small kids at home. But that shouldn't stop you. There is a way to make birth work happen for you and to make it sustainable for your lifestyle. So come ask me questions and let's build the doula business of your dreams. If you're already subscribed to the show, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you more than you know, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode. But if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit subscribe because in the next episode, I'm interviewing one of my favorite humans ever, Dr. Stu from Birthing Instincts. But first, the one other thing I want you to do right now is this. Go to birthworker.com slash make money dash podcast and download the resource that I've put together for you all about the different ways to build an impactful doula business beyond supporting births in person. It's full of ideas that will help you burn out proof your birth business so you can make an income even when you're not on call. 
This resource has been a huge hit with my community over on Instagram. So of course I had to tell you about it too. Again, you can actually go to the show notes or go to birthworker.com slash make money dash podcast, and you'll be able to see all of the ways that you can grow your income as a doula. For example, creating an online birth course. When I created my first online birth course less than two years ago, I had no clue that my passion-driven side hustle doula business would become the multi-six-figure business that it is today. I am all about expanding my income and impact and helping you expand too, so we can make a lasting impact on the global birth community, even when we're not on call for a birth. You can grab that free resource right in the show notes or go to birthworker.com slash make money dash podcast and grab it today. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope today was helpful for you and I will see you right back here next week.